this July 24th edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Sunday, the 23rd of July, and we're here with a 10-game card of MLB action for Monday, the 24th of July. And joining me is possibly the second hardest working man at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, hey, hey, how are you? Who's number one? Me. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no, uh, glad I'm here with you, Mal. Um, another week in the books, man. Where what well, this is the last week? Well, not last week. The yeah, the last week almost of uh, the month of July, and then we're on to August. And then before we know it, the playoffs are going to be here. But yeah, it's been an interesting weekend of baseball. I know we had a couple big series between uh, the Orioles and the Rays, a battle of first yeah. place now. I believe the Orioles did get the victory on Sunday afternoon, so they are now the clear-cut um, number one team in the AL East. Um, I don't think we've talked about the Rays enough of how, I guess, lackluster they've been ever since they got off to that hot start at yeah. the beginning of the season. Me and uh, Scott touched on it briefly on Friday, but I don't think it's getting talked about enough. But, yeah, uh, glad to be back. We got 10 games on Monday, so uh, looking forward to handicapping it with you. Yeah, they've pretty much been a 500 team since... Yeah, and I know you. It doesn't work like that. You can't. If you take out the wins, they've lost all the games. But um, they've been a five hundred team since that ridiculous hot start. And then um, Baltimore, we keep waiting for the moon after stumble, and they don't. Um, I've got a Baltimore done me a favour today. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But they've been great, and they've really put it up to Tampa uh, this weekend. They've beaten them again today. Um, so yeah, we're getting on for the hundred game mark. I think the hundred. Probably Tuesday, a lot mm-hmm. of teams will play their 100th game. Um, and then you start to count down rather than count up. I cannot believe how quick it's been. Like, I'm looking through, flicking through my little notebook of all our preseason previews, divisional stuff, and player props and what have you. And now we're 100 games in, like, so yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, chat is live and kick in. Kaysen was first in. Well done. King Tut has joined us as well. Uh, new name for me, Justin. Justin Gwynn. Hey, Justin, how are you? Um, yeah, being a proper degen weekend, Moonaf, uh, for me anyway. I don't know. Certainly helped because it has not stopped raining, um, like torrentially raining for about 72 hours. So if you watched any of the golf over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, you'll have seen that was the weather that we had. I mean, it, only a couple of hundred miles away in Liverpool. Um, but the it was being absolutely wild. So if you, if you watch the golf, that was the weather I put up with. So it's not like you need an excuse to stay on the sofa and bet all weekend but when the rain's going like that there's nothing else you can do so um, I enjoyed the golf a lot I had a little bet today moon off I took Harmon to win by four or more shots at plus 333 mm-hmm. and he was what, never a sweat like I think the, the gap was four um, at its yeah. narrowest um, and then in true SGPN fashion sing the company anthem I let it ride moon off onto the Baltimore Orioles <laughs> and uh, enjoyed watching go. them tonight. So a good old Baltimore, they are a wagon. Um, so that's got me going. And then 
tonight, after we get off, Newcastle play in the link. Newcastle playing in Philly. So all those Eagles fans will get to see a proper team for a change. That'll be nice for them. <laughs> uh, um, and the only disappointing thing to do, I know you'd be sad about this, Moonaf, was that the Ashes, the cricket got rained out. Yeah. It was the last, did you see that? It was the last yeah. day of the Australia-England. It was the fourth test match. Australia were 2-1 up. And it's been brilliant. Every day of these games has been absolute pure theatre. And then it rained today, which means Australia got the draw and they retained the ashes, which was a little bit sad. But um, how was the golf? I know you like a little golf dabbling enough. Was that fun? Uh, I think that tournament was over on Friday after what Brian Harmon did on Friday. I think he saw a shot. He was 10 under by the time round two was over. And at that point, historically, it's difficult to catch uh, someone that has that big of a lead at this particular golf course, from what I read. Um, And I think that came to be true. And I think that there was, I think, seven previous, seven previous winners that had a shot of at least, I think it was like four or five strokes heading into the weekend. Each of those seven went on to win it. And then Brian Harmon made uh, number eight. So he was, I think, uh, some books had him at 125 to one to win the tournament. Some had him 140 to one. So, um, you know, if you had a ticket on, on him, congratulations to you. I mean, that's a big price as well, because it's not like he's an afterthought. He's a basically world rank 23 or 26 or something. So, I mean, yeah. there was there wasn't 20, there was more than 22 players ahead of him on the list uh, in the betting. But I think because the course was so soft today and all he did was manoeuvre himself around, he sort of couldn't run out into all the shit because he just, the, the wet ground just kept him where he needed to be. He plotted his way around. So it was a pretty sweat-free win. Um, uh, I will reinvest some of that on Newcastle tonight. I'll try and make a pick later on. Uh, Alfred's joined us as well. Evening, Alfred. How are you? Um, okay, so we've got 10 games tomorrow. Um, the usual Sunday night issues with lines. It's not as bad, actually, tonight. You've got 7 out of 10 um, on the board and move five or six of them have got totals. We've only got one game where we're completely devoid of pitches, so we can um, we can handicap more more than enough enough to be uh, to be getting on with anyway. Um, let me tell you first about you need to wage war against corporate gambling. Sign up for the SGPN Patreon page. Tons of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. Plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. Uh, there's even a Discord channel just for the patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. So head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Okay, we will start with... Let's make sure I've got the right. I've got one page with today's scores on, and I've got one page with tomorrow's games on. Okay, so there is a there's a uh, one day game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't normally have that on a Monday. It's a one ten Eastern first pitch. It's the San Francisco Giants and the Detroit Tigers. We have no officially TBD for San Francisco. We both had Ross Stripling listed most of the day, um, and I don't know if that was ever official or if that was just us. And then Tarek Scuba, left-handed pitcher, is official for Detroit. Uh, no lines as a result of that. Um, if it is Stripling, he is 0-3 on the year, 592 ERA. And we know it's been sort of long relief used in these bullpen days that the Giants were having success with. 
going back a month or so, but kind of stopped that. The luck ran out a little bit on that. He had a good start last time at Cincinnati, and the fact he pitched so well meant he actually got some length. I think he was on a pitch count, but he, he got through the batters really quickly. He didn't walk anybody and only allowed four hits, which meant he got six innings into that game. Um, he's pitched twice at Detroit in his career, eight innings, no earned runs. Now, Tarek Skubal is a funny one here because we thought he had it and then yeah. he didn't. Uh, yeah, he started two starts. We were both, we were on them both times. And then against Kansas City, um, yeah, Kansas. I have to try now. Every time I say Kansas now, I remind myself <laughs> that I have to say, yeah, I'm still doing it, Moonaf. I'm not letting that man down. I refuse uh, to get this wrong. Since I've been watching that quarterback thing on Netflix, they use Kansas. That's helped actually. That's reinforced it because they say Kansas City a lot now. So if I use the word Kansas, the word city automatically follows. Um, so can we trust Google? Um, this kind of boils down to, um, and I, I think we can. Um, so the Giants had a little renaissance. They were hitting badly before the All-Star break. They came out of that break, were going along better. They've kind of regressed a bit. I think that's what the, the Giants are, this weak-hitting team. Uh, there's going to be occasional spikes of power, but I'm not really having them. We know Detroit are kind of a glorified uh, AAA lineup most days. Um, I've got a first five under here just because I think both pitches can go okay. Um, two against two quiet offences. Um, wouldn't go too deep in because we've got no lines, etc. But I can see this one being a slow burner moving off. That's my instinct. Yeah, I mean, Giants have quietly lost five games in a row here. Um, they yeah. went into the nation's capital against the Nationals, and I think that they I – th- I want to say, that, yeah, they did get swept. Um, and then they lost the last – they split against Cincinnati the, the series before. So now they're headed into uh, Detroit, like you mentioned. Um, I think – yeah, and, and this is a one-off game as well. So it's just – I think it's just a makeup game or a game that they're just playing um, – because I know you play every team in the MLB now, so I think this might be some of those one-off games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this one was a little difficult for me to handicap. You know, like you mentioned, Tark Skubal came back uh, this season, had two great showings. Um, he's going about four innings each in uh, his yeah. first three starts here. So, and like you mentioned, he got blasted by the uh, Kansas City Royals. I think this might be a spot here for him to bounce back, like you mentioned, especially against the Giants team that is struggling right now. Um, and if it is Ross Stripling, I wouldn't be surprised to see the – um, the Tigers maybe sneak out a first five inning uh, money line play here. Uh, Stripling on the road, if it is him, he's 0 2 with a 4.60 ERA. He's allowed 16 earned runs and 31 and 3 innings pitched. Uh, and the Giants have lost four of his last five starts uh, when he is on the mound. So, um, yeah, I don't hate the underplay like you mentioned. I- I'm going to take a stab with the Tigers' first five innings money line here. Tigers' first five money line for Mudaf. Six forty Eastern first pitch. This is a good game. Uh, Baltimore Orioles, well done, boys. Um, take on the Philadelphia Phillies. Dean Kramer for Baltimore and left-handed pitcher Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia. It is plus one sixteen on Baltimore, minus one thirty-five on the Phillies with a total of nine and a half. Muna. Yeah, the red hot uh, Birdland crew of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Dean Kramer on the mound, or sorry, yeah, he's on the mound. He's having a pretty good season thus far, as far as his record goes, ten and four. ERA is at four point eight, and last five games he is two and one with a five point five three ERA. Has been pretty good on the road as well. 
for the Baltimore Orioles, where he is 5-2 and with a 4.04 ERA. His last outing was a rough one against the Dodgers, but the offense carried them in that game where they did get the 8-5 to victory. He's also getting a run support in the games uh, when he is on the mound is Dean Kramer. Uh, the Orioles have scored at least five runs in four of the last five starts that Dean Kramer has made. Um, and on the other side is Christopher Sanchez for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he has struggled this season in his last start. I believe he did get a uh, blast. I'm trying to pull up the exact number here. No, he had a pretty good outing in his last start, which was against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, sorry, against the Milwaukee Brewers. But the Phillies just haven't given him the run support, Mal. I mean, if you take a look at his last five games, I'm going to quickly read off how many runs the Phillies have scored when he has started. So a 3 3 3 one and a two. They haven't scored more than three runs in his last five outings, and they have lost the Phillies four of his last five uh, starts when he is on the mound. I got to go with the better team here, the dread hot team. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Orioles here on the money line at plus 116. Um, it could be a letdown spot for them coming off a series against the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, where we know is a big series for both of these teams. But I just feel like I think I'm just going to carry it on to the hot momentum that the Orioles have right now. So at a plus price here, at plus 116, I'm going to go with the Orioles' money line here, Mel. 100% moon off. I think you have to take them. I've kind of forced myself into taking them for a couple of reasons. A, they, they won for me tonight, so I'm over the moon with them. Um, but I've watched the game, and there's no easy outs in that Baltimore lineup. Um, I think you're getting the better team. And I don't think there's much between the two pitches, Kramer and Sanchez. Christopher Sanchez has gone okay. The Phillies were slumping. They'd lost four in a row. Got a win tonight. Um, actually, were um, leveled it up in the bottom of the ninth before scoring four runs in the top of the tenth at Cleveland. Uh, they were on the slide. That whole division was on the slide as it happens. Uh, Miami was suffering. The whole NL East was going backwards. Um, but uh, Philadelphia have arrested that uh, this evening. But Kramer, they keep winning high-scoring games. Uh, now, um, Kaysen's talking about uh, wind blowing out and this going over. I just think, I don't know why this doesn't fit the pattern of Baltimore winning a relatively high-scoring game, 8-5, to five, something like that. Um, Kramer is a little bit vulnerable, but he does not get some help off this offence. Uh, Sanchez is OK, but I just think Baltimore are absolutely rolling at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Baltimore as well. At plus money, is, I did think they'd be about... Minus 110 maybe for this game. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it would be a match at least where plus 116 is a great price. So, yeah, the plus money uh, definitely sways it for me, Muna. Next up. Oh, yes. No, no, go ahead. You're right. Okay. You sounded pregnant with a, some sort <laughs> of pearls of wisdom there, Muna. No? Oh, no, you're agreed. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, next one is completely off the board. I have seen at various times pictures for both teams here today uh, and now none. Um, in the 7.05 Eastern first pitch between the Colorado Rockies and the Washington Nationals. Um, I have seen Austin Gomba for Colorado and Patrick Corbin for Washington. Um, now I don't see either. Um, I also see no lines. Moon, did you have pictures for this one? No, both pitchers are TBD right now. No lines on the board either for this game. So if it is both left-handed pitching um, or pitching matchup here, um, I don't know. I'll probably lean towards an over, but again, without knowing the pitchers, uh, I don't trust Austin Gomber. Patrick Corbin has been okay this season. He's kind of been up and down, but uh, Rocky's coming off of the sweep against the Miami Marlins uh, in uh, in crazy fashion. So, um, yeah, no official lines, no pitchers, so I can't really give a handicap here. 
Yeah, exactly the same. I quite enjoyed handicapping Gomba v. Corbin. Uh, but it turns out that was entirely futile. So we will move on to something we can handicap. Uh, these two have been listed all day. The Kansas City Royals and the Cleveland Guardians, 7-10 Eastern first pitch. Two left-handed pitchers are Ryan Yarbrough for KC. And for Cleveland, it is Logan Allen. Uh, Ryan and Yarbrough, um, sorry, Lions, plus 160. Uh, Kansas City Royals, minus 188 on Cleveland. Total of eight and a half. Ryan Yarbrough is two and five on the year with a 5.21 ERA. His last three, though, been okay. He's pitched 17 and a third. He's given up five earned runs and only two walks, allowed 15 hits. So he's displaying that element of control that you kind of used to associate with Yarbrough. Yarbrough used to be a great swing man for the Rays sort of three years ago. Um, and he's, he's displayed that that control lately. Um, also picked up a couple of wins at Cleveland, where he pitched up, where he pitched six innings and got one earned run. Uh, and at Oakland as well. The totals in those three games, his last three starts, have been five, five, and six. Game totals, five, five, and six. And this is an exact comp game. An exact comp game, Munoz. Uh, Logan Allen, three straight scoreless. Um, he's four and two on the year, 321 ERA. Um, albeit short start, he eventually pitched long enough to pick up a win in his last start, which is positive. Cleveland won all five of those starts as well, um, scoring 48 runs. So he's getting a lot of help here. Um, Left-handed pitching stats, there's nothing much in it. Kansas City hitting 244, Cleveland hitting 241. Um, this is your standard, standard Cleveland handicap. Cleveland will win and it'll go under. Um, they'll win 4-1, to something like that. First five unders will play as well because I think Yarbrough can keep it going, especially against Cleveland who just allow pitchers to get away with stuff and they'll allow not Yarbrough just to nibble around uh, so a first five under a full game under um, Cleveland will win but the minus 188 so I'd be looking to play one of the totals moving up yeah the Guardians have won let's see here one two three four five six seven straight starts when Logan Allen is on the mound for them uh, like you mentioned he is a left-handed pitcher and at least over the last two weeks the Royals, uh, sorry, over the last month, I should say, and let me refresh this because my date is not up to date. This is only until July 20th. Um, let's see here. Let's go back the last 30 days against left-handed pitching. The Kansas City Royals are number three in team strikeout percentage, the third highest against left-handed pitching. So if you're a strikeout uh, you know, prop player, you might want to take a look at Logan Allen's strikeout prop tomorrow when that number does come out. Um, and historically... Um, the Kansas City Royals have struggled against left-handed pitching, and I think that has continued to be true at least over the last month as well. Team batting average against left-handed pitching, they are number 20 at 250 WRC+. Plus. said that I like looking at number 25 over the last month against left-handed pitching on base percentage. Uh, number 19 uh, slugging against left-handed pitching, they are number 24. So, um, you know, we talk about teams that need to pick up victories against some of the lesser teams in their divisions. This is an opportunity for the Guardians with Logan Allen on the mound with, you know, the amount of games, like I mentioned, that won in a row with him on the mound. I'll take a stab here with the Cleveland Guardians run line here. Um, you should get that at plus money around plus 105 right now, currently over on DraftKings. So um, minus one and a half plus 105 for me for the Guardians against the Royals in this uh, first game. I think Emmanuel Classier blew the save tonight for Cleveland, which is bad news uh, for my fantasy team. Come on, Emmanuel, get 
get it together. Uh, Underdog Fantasy. Um, the NFL season is right around the corner. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And, of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $1 million. Head to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 7.40 Eastern first pitches the Seattle Mariners at the Minnesota Twins. It is Luis Castillo for Seattle and Kenta Maeda for Minnesota. And it is a match on the books, minus 110 each of two, with a total of seven and a half. Luis Castillo, six and seven. Uh, three, did I say three? 94 ERA, I can't read me on writing. Three oh four. Um, three oh four. I thought that's what it said, and that just sounded too low. Oh, so I, I just added 90 points on with my own volition. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Um, he's been mediocre. That number that doesn't sound mediocre, does it? Enough. Um, it just never, it really doesn't blow my skirt up. Does Lewis Castillo? He's given up multi home runs in four of his last five games, and they've really been costing him so. If you want the Minnesota back tomorrow, try and find one of them. Uh, Kirillov's been okay lately. There's a possibility. His whip's really good. Um, but if you can't keep it in the yard, that is problem. Um, his ERA is worse on the road than at home, but he's given up fewer homers. That homer problem seems to be at home as it goes. Um, I think you can keep Minnesota in check here. Maeda's numbers are okay, um, but it's really hard to establish a pattern with Maeda. He's just all over the place. You look at, okay, is he walking too many? Well, it's zero, then four, then zero, then three. Um, and it's the same with sort of homers, strikeouts. You can't really pin him down. I found this really hard. I handicapped these this afternoon, Moonoff, without any lines and found it really hard to split them. And then the lines come out and it's minus one to each of two. So that did vindicate me in a way that the bookies are in the same boat as me. Um, I have found a prop to play so uh, and it's Luis Castillo a strikeout so I'm going to take the under um, he's only struck out three on his last two road starts um, the number will be around six I reckon it'll be a half a strikeout either side of six you could maybe uh, give me your thoughts on that what that line might be Moonaf. Um in Minnesota don't strike out either they're 30th um, in strikeouts so too hard for me to pick a side. Too hard for me to pick a total. It's a low total. They're always tricky anyway. So I think I'm, I'll take Castillo. We rarely, I rarely head down this avenue. Uh, but Castillo under on the keys. Assuming me enough, it'll be somewhere around six. What do you think? Yeah, I'll probably guess maybe a six and a half would probably be the number for his strikeouts. Oof. Smash the under. His last start was actually against his Twins team at home where he had 11 strikeouts in that game. Um and it's it's concerning that he pitches in a um, pitcher's ballpark in Seattle, and he's still giving up home runs um, at 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 home in Seattle. But his last start, like I mentioned, was against the Twins. Six innings, he gave up uh, three earned runs, six hits. Like I mentioned, two home runs in that game, eleven strikeouts. Um, and it's really hard to, like you mentioned, a handicap what you're going to get from Kenton Maeda because last five games he's two and one with a two point seven three ERA. Uh, he's only allowed eight earned runs in 26 and one-thirds innings pitched. Um, and at Target Field in Minnesota is where he's gotten into trouble, where he's has a one-and-two record with an 8.44 ERA. Um, 
yeah, I, I, it was really hard to split between these two pitchers in uh, these two teams. Um, I think my more favorite play in this game might just turn out to be the under. If you're able to find an eight, I know it's currently set seven and a half. If that number does get to eight, I will look at the under between these two teams. Minnesota this season and historically, at least over the last couple of seasons, have just been an under team. Um, they don't score very many runs. Um, so, yeah, lean towards the Mariners, but I think my more favorite play will be the under in this game. You know, eight tennis and first pitch, the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros um, handicapped two entirely different pitchers for this Munaf, and then they switched them round to John Gray for Texas and Brandon Bielak for Houston. Uh, minus 120 for the Rangers, even money for Houston. Um, I haven't seen a total on this Munaf, but yeah, the it's a Texas derby. So what have you got? Yeah, this is going to be a huge series for both of these teams. Um, been a battle of first place right now. I know the Astros have lost a couple games, or they lost last night to the Oakland A's. They're trailing right now one uh, one nothing to the Oakland A's. So uh, maybe a bit of a look-ahead spot for the uh, Houston Astros. But as it stands right now, in the AL West, the Rangers have a three-and-a-half game lead against the Houston Astros. So this is a pivotal series for the Astros. If they want to do get back into the division um, or cut into the division lead, I should say, they should be getting Jose Altuve and Orlando Alvarez back for this series. I did read that either one of those two guys was going to be back on Monday in this lineup, and they do need them because they've struggled to score runs against the Oakland A's in this series for whatever reason. But um, Brandon Belak on the season, he's five and five with a three point four six ERA um, at home this season at Minute Maid Park. He's three and two, the two point eight seven ERA. I don't believe he has faced the Rangers this season. Let me see if I can quickly uh, find that. Uh, so he hasn't faced them this season um, as a starter, I should say at least. So, um, and then on the other side, like you mentioned, John Gray is getting the start here for the Texas Rangers. Six and five on the season, three point three one ERA against Houston. He's made two starts. He's pitched a combined eight innings. He's allowed six earned runs in those games. Um, and I believe that the Rangers have lost both of those games when John Gray has started for this um, Rangers team. Let me just double check here. Yeah, so the Astros won 8-2 to two back on April 15th. And then June 30th, the Astros also won 5-3. to three. So seems like there's been a little bit of struggle for John Gray against the Houston Astros. Um, I'm going to go with the Astros in this game here. Uh, as it comes to no surprise, I just feel like the... It's like a little brother, big brother situation where the Astros are just a big brother right now and they're just continuing to win games against the Texas Rangers. So, and again, if they do get Jordan Alvarez and or Jose Altuve back, that's only going to help this lineup. It's already been raking up runs uh, without those two guys. But, you know, when the, when the, when the lights are on and they're the brightest, the Astros rise to, rise to the occasion. I think both teams know that this is a huge series for that AOS division. So I'm going to go with the Houston Astros on the money line in this game. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I'm finding Houston really hard um, to work out what they're going to do at the moment. I mean, we're on the cusp of a, dare I say it, moving up in Oakland first five, uh, live, going to cash as we're talking to you. Um, just, why have they struggled at um, Oakland all weekend? I mean, no idea. The, these are the sort of games that really they should have been coming out with three run line wins. Yeah. Um, and Texas do seem to have steadied the ship. I was worried about them. Um, we were worried about some of these these sort of 
lesser liked Cincinnati and Arizona. Uh, but Texas seem to come out pretty strong. Um, Brandon Bielak's okay, isn't he? He doesn't, he's never gets really blown up. He had a great start at home against Colorado. Fair enough, it's Colorado. Um, Seattle took a few off him. And then he pitched well in Colorado. He hasn't faced much strong opposition. Um, John Gray is fine. Uh, Two of of his last three have been good. Um, But they were at home and he's he's vulnerable on the road. I've got... um, Actually, I'll just say runs, Moonaf. Uh, I'll just take runs again. It's tricky to split them. Uh, The books are tight. Um, just having a look for a total here on this. Uh, uh, I see a eight and a eight half. Eight and a half, yeah. I'll see, yeah, I'll take the over eight and a half. I think, uh, well, hoping, like you said, that Houston are um, in better spots, they will turn up. Um, they can't continue hitting like they have done at Oakland. And Texas are uh, generally reliable as well. So, yeah, I'll take that, jump that down, mark that over eight and a half um, in that game for me. Okay, next up is... 8-10 Eastern first pitch, the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. It is Graham Ashcraft for the Cincinnati Reds and Colin Rea, I'm going to get his name right this week, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Plus 116 on the Reds, minus 125 on the Brewers, and the total is nine and a half. Graham Ashcraft, five and seven on the year, 577 ERA. Do not let those numbers fool you. Um, Ashcraft kept up our uh, the, the goods run the tees on and our faith in him uh, and there's distinct patterns emerging on him six innings one or two earned runs a couple of walks in there but he's in control and he's getting results didn't pick up the win um, in the game where uh, against Milwaukee last time where Corbin Burns shut out Cincinnati a game that they lost one to nothing um, the total the totals have been low as well. And yeah, we, we've talked up Ashcraft. You've been a fan. I think it was only really Lonte faded him a couple of weeks ago, but everyone's coming round to, to Ashcraft. And the Ashcraft post injury um, has been a completely different animal. Uh, Cincinnati have won four in a row. Is that five in a row after tonight as well? I think they mm-hmm. took the D backs down. Um, so yeah, five on the spin now for uh, for the Reds, which is good. They had a little wobble. Uh, Milwaukee won that series coming out of the All-Star break, and Cincinnati will want to get back at them here. Um, Rhea's been absolutely steady. Um, the bad start he had at Cincinnati on the 8th of July, I think, is the outlier. His whip's really low. Um, and the totals in his games this year, 4-3. Uh, to three. Then we've got 3 to nothing, one to nothing, one to nothing, 2 to nothing, 5-1, to 2-1. to one. Um, There's three overs in there. So it's 8-3 and three to the unders on the total. Um my instinct says under, and then everything I looked at after that told me it was under, and that total of nine and a half is absolutely gigantic. So I'll take the under, Muna. Yeah, I think the one thing that concerns me about Graham Ashcraft is that he has struggled in his career against the Brewers. Um, in uh, So in his career, I should say, uh, in five appearances against the Brewers, he's just one in four, uh, or are the Brewers, I should start, the Reds are one in four straight up when Graham Ashcraft is on the mound against the Brewers. Uh, the over is three and two in those games. He did face the um, Brewers twice this season, like you mentioned. His last start at home, but he was absolutely fantastic. Six innings, he only allowed one earned run in that game and then prior to in June, back on June 3rd, 
four innings. He allowed nine hits, 10 earned runs he allowed in that game. And like you mentioned, the walks are an issue for Graham Ashcraft. Um, this is, feels like one of those situations that once you do start trusting him, that he's going to go the other way. Um, no. And I'm not sure I can trust Colin Rea either. Um, last five games, he is 2-0 and with a uh, 4.50 ERA, 14 earned runs in 28 innings pitched. He has also struggled against the Reds uh, this season where he is 1-0 and with a 7.45 ERA. He's pitched nine and two-thirds innings against the Reds this season. He's allowed eight earned runs in those uh, two games combined. Uh, three home runs he's allowed along with four hits. Uh, sorry, uh, four walks in those games. Um, but despite that, he is 4-0 in his career against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, sorry, against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, this was just so hard for me to handicap, Mal. Um, and the lines are kind of indicative of it as well. I think they're just giving the edge to the Brewers right now just because they are at home. Um, I'm going to go with the Brewers reluctantly at minus 125 on the money line. I don't love it. If this total does dip down to nine, I will look at the over in, at that spot. But right now at nine and a half with Vic towards the under at minus 120, um, I can't get there. But if this does drop to nine, it looks like it's headed that way. I will take the under. Uh, sorry, the over at nine uh, at that point. I'd take under four and a half moon up here if it was offered to me. <laughs> minus, minus 110, under four and a half, I'd be at the window. Um, I've jinxed the Oakland first five, haven't I? I've jinxed it, moon off. Oh, what uh, Houston, Houston have tied it up in the top of the fifth, just installed us in the chat. Uh, God damn it. I didn't bet it, like, but you know, it's uh, I, do, I do like it. Um, where are we going? 940 Eastern first pitch. Pittsburgh Pirates, San Diego Padres, Quinn Priester. For Pittsburgh and you, Darvish, for San Diego, plus 215 on the Pirates, minus 255 on the Padres, and we're seeing a total of eight and a half, Moonaf. What have you got? Yeah, you, Darvish, on the mound here, two and two on his last five, 4.50 ERA. He's kind of been underwhelming this season where I thought, you know, he would be. Uh, one of a Cy Young candidate this year, but he's put together back-to-back great starts uh, for the um, San Diego Padres. Last two starts, six innings each in each of those starts. He's only allowed one earned run in those two starts against the Phillies and the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. And the Padres have won both of those games on the run line by uh, two, at least two runs. The walks are concerned with Darvish, where he's allowed at least two walks in four straight games. Uh, he's also allowed three walks in two of his last three starts. I do trust Darvish back at home in Petco Park. Now, the record isn't there. He is only two and three and eight starts here, but he does have a a 3.83 ERA. Uh, Excuse me. Against the Pirates um, in his career, he's four and two with a 2.63 ERA. And I'm going to filter this down uh, since uh, he joined the Padres in their pitching staff in 2021. So since 2021 against the Pirates, 2-0 Two and zero with a two point eight nine ERA is uh, you Darvish. I know that the Pirates, sorry, the Padres took a loss against the uh, Tigers early this morning on Sunday, a three one loss there. But I think I'm going to trust the Padres here. It feels like the offense has come around a little bit uh, on the run line here at minus one and a half, minus one twenty. Um, the Pirates are just reeling at the moment. I know they got off to a great start earlier this season. They held first place in the NL Central Division forever so slightly, but again, we're kind of used to seeing the the team that we expect this Pirates team that what they are right now. So I'm going to go with the Padres here, minus one and a half, minus one twenty on the run line. Well, I initially handicapped this quite sensibly, enough. I did have you Darvish against Rich Hill. Um, 
<laughs> back them. Anyone back the Padres shouldn't be allowed money. They very well might win. I'm not saying they won't win. You can't back them. Absolutely. They've been three hit tonight by the Detroit yeah. Tigers. They've been three hit by Alex Fajardo. Six innings pitched, one hit. Alex Fajardo moved off. I reckon me and you could take him. <laughs> Line up. Me, you, Lonte and Scott leading off. Kaysen in at five. Um, all the way down. Captain Insano batting at nine. We take him. You'll put Brisky. Captain yeah, yeah, that's it, like. <laughs> set the table. It's your second table set, Amuna. Uh, Bo Brisky, um, someone called Foley. I can't remember his first name. Now I think it's Alex Lang. I mean, they're not household uh, names. They're not a fearful pitching lineup. So you just can't back them. Like, again, I'm not saying they're going to win. If, put a tenner on Pittsburgh. If you're having a bet, put a tenner on Pittsburgh. Just go and get on with the rest of your life. They might just win. But, I just can't take I, everything you said about Darvish is correct, but I mean he's that's it. Yeah, that's my handicap. I'm not seeing anything more on that game. Uh, we will move on to the <laughs> penultimate game. It's the 9:40 Eastern first pitch between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, the pitchers have flip flopped here. Early in the day, I saw nothing for St. Louis and Ryan Nelson for Arizona, and now I'm seeing Adam Wainwright for St. Louis. And nobody for Arizona. Um, so which is it, Munaf? Is it one of them or both of them or none of them? Do you know? I do see Adam Wainwright for St. Louis. I think this was going to be his first uh, start since they put him on the IL, I believe. Uh, his last start was against the uh, Marlins and the Astros and the uh, Cubs when they were in your part of the world. Um but, God, it's just been so, so bad for Adam Wainwright. I, I feel bad for the man, man. Uh, his last five starts, and if it is going to be him, it looks like it is going to be him, but one in three with a 10.35 ERA in 20 innings pitch in his last five starts. He allowed 23 earned runs, 39 hits um, in 20 innings pitched uh, by Adam Wainwright. Um I'm not sure if he's fixed the mechanics or the issues or whatever was going on with him with this time off. And if it is Ryan Nelson starting for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I can only look towards the over in this matchup because we've talked about it on the podcast that Ryan Nelson's home and road splits are absolutely, it's mind-boggling. At home, 2-4 and four with an 8.08 ERA, Mel. On the mm-hmm. road, he's 4-1 and one with a 2.67 ERA. So... Um, if it is confirmed Ryan Nelson and Adam Wainwright, I could only look towards the over. I would not be surprised if this total opened up at, at, a, at, a, at a total of 10. And I would still take the over. Yeah, we, we mentioned this before we started recording Moon Off, just because when we try and establish which pitches we're seeing. Um, and we both just had over written down in great big letters. Um, yeah. I've got Adam Wainwright. The handicap I've got next to him is the word nope in big letters. Um, didn't need to go much further. And Nelson's a bit of a head scratch. He was excellent at Braves last time as well. I think we handicapped him to get shellacked against the Braves. And he's gone up against the best sitting team in MLB and more than held his own. Um, that's got to be good for his confidence as well, I think. But it's really hard to back Arizona at the moment. Um, I watched St. Louis a lot this weekend. They had the two uh, days ball games against the Cubbies. Um, the umpire cost me the other night. I was having a bit of a whinge oh, in the Slack so channel. Brutal. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking through my pocket a little bit, but... Um, yeah, there was two calls um, he missed that he called strikes. That yeah. The first one was maybe an inch outside. Second one was a good three inches outside. Like 
Um, it was Alec Burleson who then chafed away and got tossed. But the same umpire did the same thing on Saturday night as well. And he looks quite pleased with himself, the umpire. Um, I wasn't thrilled about that. He seemed to be like he was he was thriving on the uh, he was waiting for something that was to have a go at him. I think the manager got thrown, didn't he? Marmol got yeah. chucked as well. So they cost me, the umps cost me some money. But St. Louis did look like they had some runs in them, uh, was what I was trying to get at. So runs everywhere, yeah. Runs off way and right. St. Louis have some. Nelson gives them up at home. If we do get a 10, I'll still be happy to take it. Um, so yeah, we'll take we'll take the overs wherever we get to there. Uh, last game uh, we can price up fully is a 10-10 cowboy time Eastern first pitch between the Toronto Blue Jays and the LA Dodgers. Jose Barrios for Toronto and Michael Grove for the LA Dodgers. Uh, lines plus 110 Toronto, minus 130 on the Dodgers and a total of nine. Jose Barrios, eight and seven on the year, 339 ERA. He's been very good lately as Barrios, 267. In his last five, his last road start was seven innings scoreless at the White Sox. Um, still can't trust the Blue Jays, though. Um, they will win one and lose one and just generally mess stuff up. I know Johnny Jundas had a bit of an emotional roller coaster on Twitter this weekend. He's <laughs> our, uh, our Blue Jays correspondent. At various times, he's been happy, sad, suicidal, over the moon. Um, and just generally defeated by this Toronto Blue Jays team. Um, Grove is going one good, one bad. Uh, the Dodgers have won four of his last five starts, and the, they are flying. It's uh, if you want to take the Dodgers here, it's because of what they're doing with a bat. It's not because of the presence of Michael Grove. Um, the twenty nine and sixteen at home, the eight and two in the last ten. They're hitting, but I don't want Grove. Um, and I don't want Barrios, which leads me to a total. And I just think runs. I think we'll see some runs here, Muna. Um, Dodgers are hitting well, and Grove will give up a few. So nine seems reasonable, and I'll take the over, please. Yeah, Dodgers have um, the bats have. Uh, I mean, have, I don't say have woken up, but they've been absolutely uh, been firing on all cylinders, especially in the matchup against the Texas Rangers this weekend. Um, and I think they can carry that into this series against the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm trying to find out exactly. You're trying to see how many runs they've exactly been putting up over the last couple games here. So uh, they took an 8-4 loss today uh, against the Rangers. But that again, that number went over all three games this weekend in the uh, Rangers series all flew over the total. 11-5, to they put up uh, 16 in the Saturday night game. Um Going back to the Orioles series, 6, 10, 5. So the bats have uh, been really strong for the L.A. Dodgers. Now their division lead has grown to four games over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, Toronto has, like you mentioned, Johnny's probably been having a heart attack every other night with his team <laughs> because you can't just figure out what they what they want to do or what this team is about. I mean, at times they look like they're a very competent team, but at times it make you scratch your head. So... I'm just going to ride here with the over with you. I just think that, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays are capable of putting up runs as well as the Dodgers. And I, I don't trust Jose Berrios. Um, I know he's been pretty solid over his last five starts uh, where he only has a 2.67 ERA. Um, but now you're going against one of the hottest offenses in the league right now. And I think that's could, uh, you know, smell trouble for Jose Berrios and the Toronto Blue Jays. And again, like you mentioned, Michael Grove hasn't been stellar himself, but I think we do see runs, runs, runs in this game. Runs, runs, runs. Um, apparently, Kaysen was on the uh, bad beat as well with the 
uh, with the Cardinals the other night. Sorry, Keith. And, uh, and Jay Millie has joined us for the Locks and Dogs uh, last five minutes. Right, Moonaf, um, we've made it through to the end of 10 games. I'll lead off because I know you normally haven't picked yours. Um, so, look, this is easy, Moonaf. I've already said I would go to the window and back Cincinnati and Milwaukee under four and a half. Um, luckily, I don't have to because they priced it up at nine and a half. Um, so the under for me is my luck. Absolutely delighted with that. And for my dog, you cannot see past Baltimore, plus 116. Yeah. Um, they, you put anyone in front of them, they are very competitive. Um, Philadelphia won one tonight, but we're sliding a little bit. Christopher Sanchez is okay, um, but I don't think he'd hold any fears for these Baltimore bats. So yeah, I'll take Baltimore plus money, please, Muna. Yeah, um, not a lot of dogs on the board here that you know we I truly like. Baltimore was one of them as well. But um, so for my luck, I'm gonna go with the Houston Astros on the money line. Uh, give me the uh, even money price with Brandon Bielek on the mound with John Gray. Uh, I just feel like, like I mentioned, this is just a big brother, little brother situation where I think the Astros are gonna rise to the occasion against his Texas Rangers team. John Gray has gotten into trouble against the Texas Rangers in his uh, career. Uh, so I think that the uh, Astros at an even money price uh, will uh, take care of business, at least in game one of this series. So Astros money line for me as my lock. Uh, for my dog, again, definitely shop around. I do see a plus 110. I'm going to take the uh, Cleveland Guardians uh, run line here, minus one and a half, uh, plus 107. There's a plus 110 out there as well against the Kansas City Royals. Um, like I mentioned that the Cleveland Guardians have just been absolutely fantastic when Logan Allen is on the mound. I believe they've won, I mentioned, what, seven or eight straight starts when he is on the mound, and a lot of those games have been by multi, multiple runs. And him being a left-handed pitcher, going up against a Kansas City Royals team that has not done very well against left-handed pitching thus far this season, they have the third-highest team strikeout percentage as well against left-handed pitching. So I think that, again, this is a opportunity for the Cleveland Guardians to you know, stay in that lead for the um al central division beating up on one of the worst one of the worst teams in the entire mlb in the kansas city royals so um i'll take the uh cleveland guardians minus one and a half plus 107 plus 110 or wherever you do find it at the best price as my dog for the night okay okay moon thank you very much um what's the rest of sunday looking like for you uh, not much. I know there's not a lot of sports going on. Maybe I'll. I don't know if, if the Newcastle game is actually on. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, there's not a lot of sport. All the sport you need is coming on Muna. Uh, it's on the telly here. It's got to be on yeah. in America. They haven't got all the way to America for it not to be on the telly. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to find out if it's on. Uh, maybe uh, yeah, and then tune into the uh, obviously Sunday night baseball game between the Mets and the Red Sox. So that series been uh, has had a load a load of runs as well. So uh, yeah, couple couple things on the screen tonight. Excellent. Yeah, I'll probably I watch the first half of the Newcastle match, and then I suppose I'd better go to bed at some point. But I will um, record it, and I'll watch the second half as live over breakfast. Um, that will be my plan. So yeah, something to look forward to. I'll have a little bit. Normally, we we back Newcastle corners. If anyone's going to have a little bet tonight, um, I know it's different because it's a friendly game. Uh, so maybe first half corners because they'll probably change, make seven or eight substitutions at halftime. Uh, but Newcastle are very good at going up the ladder at winning corners. Just the way they play. Um, lends itself to a lot of corners. So if the bookers have taken their eye off the ball, they've just been a little friendly game tonight. That might be an angling. Um, but thank you very much, Moona. Thanks everyone um, who joined us and said hello in the chat. We do appreciate it. If you're just listening back as well, come and say hello. Uh, we do. It makes my day when I see all the smiley, happy people in there. Um, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with 
I assume, a 15-game card for Tuesday night. Good luck with your bets in the meantime. Until then, we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>